It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here on a Tuesday. Joined by the man. You know him. He's been on our show a bunch of times. You see him on Twitter. You follow him on Twitter. Andy Bailey from Bleacher Report. What's going on, man? Thanks for joining the show today. Not much, Harrison. I appreciate you having me. Always love to come on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. One of the best uh, NBA podcasts in the business. I know I've told you that off the air a bunch of times, but it's true. You guys are awesome. So it's a it's an honor for me to be here. Thanks for coming on, man. Um, we're going to do what we do best when we have you on. We're going to throw out some hot Nuggets <laughs> takes for the summer our hottest takes about this team heading into next season. I know I've got some coming and I know you've got some prepared. Um, and then, you know, if we have time, we'll talk about the off season in general. Um, I saw you out in Vegas though. I'm recovered from Vegas. Sounds like you are too. I, I mean, do you have any overarching takeaways from, from summer league or, or hot takes in general from summer league and, and from your time out there? Yeah, I think I'm basically recovered. Like I told you before we started uh, recording, I made what may have been the mistake of driving to Vegas. So 12 hours there and 12 hours back is a bit of a journey. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. (laughs) That is crazy. I love a good – I will say um, that was my opportunity to get caught up on Succession. So I can now join that club of people who finished that show. Um, I watched it on the way there and back and wild but amazing show. Uh, I'm recovering. Wait, wait, you you watch Succession driving to Vegas? <laughs> yeah, are there any cops that watch your show? <laughs> wait, are you serious? <laughs> I'm I'm an excellent multitasker. That's our first. Uh, Do you have the Tesla? I, w- I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just a phenomenal driver uh, and multitasker, okay. and I made it work. Um, okay. Okay. So yeah, there's there's some uh, breaking news for the audience there. My takeaway from Summer League is I know um, I feel like there's less and less like real stuff that I can take away from it every year. There's just been like every year there's more evidence that there are guys who are really good at Summer League that don't turn into much in the NBA. And then there's also a bunch of the inverse. So it's hard to like sort out what's real um, from what's not real at mm-hmm. summer league. I think, I think I can still, you know, make educated guesses about certain guys. Um, but it's just such a roll of the dice because it's, it's so much different than NBA basketball. Everybody's out to prove a point or, you know, most of the guys who are there are out to prove a point. Uh, most of the good players are shut down after like one or two games. So right. it's just so different from what we typically watch. 
uh, in the NBA. But I mean, there were there were like Wembenyama physically looks every bit as outlandish <laughs> as I think we could have expected. Um, you and I were talking before we started. Hunter Tyson and, and uh, Jalen Pickett look like real players to me. Um, mm-hmm. There there are little nuggets that you can take away. Pardon the pun, but it's just such a crapshoot at summer league. There was a um, a tweet the other day where somebody put up all the players to make first team all summer league over the last like three or four years. Hunter Tyson made first team all summer league despite coming off the bench for the first two games when Peyton Watson was playing. And like you said, like he looks like a player. He put up crazy numbers, ridiculous shooting efficiency. He really looked the part. But if you look at all of the players to make first team summer league over the last three, four, five years, there's actually very few complete busts on that list. Like if you just look at the team from last year, Keegan Murray, Quentin Grimes, Cam Thomas, Tari Eason, Sandro uh, Mamu Lishvili, who was on like a really good team in, in Milwaukee and didn't play a lot. Like those five, it seems like are players. And then you go back to yeah. the year before that. Um, Jalen Smith, uh, I don't know, maybe not. Trey Murphy, Davion Mitchell, Obi Toppin, Peyton Pritchard, Jalen Johnson. Like, yeah. Usually the guys who are making all first team summer league are players. So with Hunter Tyson, I almost feel like that's where his floor kind of starts now. Like he's he's gonna be a player, he's gonna be a guy. And now it's like, how good can he be? But I mean, coming out of summer league, I'm like, okay, this guy's a player. Like he he looks the part, he shoots it well, he does a little bit of everything. He just knows how to play basketball. And so, like, I am I'm very confident that Hunter Tyson's at least going to be a guy going forward. Yeah, I could see him in Denver's rotation within the first, like, couple months of the regular season. Um, one of the things that really popped for him at Summer League was how hard he plays. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that you can count on translating from Summer League to the, to the big show. Uh, you know, some guys play hard and it looks like it's – out of control like rambunctious almost I don't think he was at that level he was he was playing hard but he was under control I mean obviously you got to be under control to shoot as well as he did uh from the outside so there were a bunch of things that looked really good about him and and I think he's at a position where minutes might be available for Denver Mm. Uh, maybe not right off the bat I I think a couple of these young guys could be in sort of a similar situation as Christian Brown last year, where it takes a little bit bit of time to get off the bench initially. Um, but but Tyson and Pickett, I could see being in the rotation, and that, and that's not to like throw any shade at Julian Strother because he was you know he was the first round pick. Sure. But of those three guys, he's the one that seems like he might take a bit more time to me. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think that's how the Nuggets view it too. Pickett and Hunter Tyson might be good to go. They might be ready to go. Maybe Strother's the project out of the three in this draft class. Um, But yeah, Hunter Tyson looks the part. And yeah, his motor too. I remember hearing from Nuggets people when they had him in for a pre-draft workout and they were like, all right, we've heard about this kid. He plays really hard. He can shoot it. Seems like we might like him. And then uh, he went to this pre-draft workout in Denver and just played his ass off and played really hard and like competed and showed the same motor that he did at summer league. And the nuggets front office was like, all right, like he's, he's the real deal. And so 
the motor, the motor with him is absolutely real. Absolutely the, real. The other thing about him that's interesting, sorry to cut you off, but um, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not like a, uh, as much of a draft Nick as some other people are on NBA Twitter. And when they, when his name was announced at the draft, I honestly didn't know who he was. I'm doing some like scramble research in the immediate aftermath of the pick. And I thought, okay, well, it's like a stretch four. Um, he moves mm-hmm. like a wing, which is what was he's really a three. surprising the, to the me. Nug- yeah, he's, the Nuggets think he's a three. They, they view him as a three. And that's, yeah. yeah, that's cool to hear because that's what he looked like to me at Summer League, which was kind of a, a shock given, I think, the profile that he had coming into the draft. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Hunter Tyson, definitely exciting. Um, I want to get into some of our hot takes, though. Uh, we've got a couple hot takes, each of us lined up here. Um, I'm going to give you the floor. I'm going to let you go first. Why don't you throw out one of your hot takes about the Nuggets heading into next season? All right. I hope I don't let you down, Harrison. Um, I talked to you at some point during the playoffs. We did an episode of this show like three years ago. I think it was right after the COVID lockdown started. And the Mm -hmm. whole thing was, what are our hottest takes about the Nuggets? And I listened to it during the playoffs because I just I was curious. And they all seem like kind of mild in hindsight. Like at the time we were saying stuff that might've seemed kind of crazy, but it's like almost every one of the things we threw out on that show came true. Jokic MVPs, um, Jokic in the conversation to be like top 10 all time. Um, (laughs) There was some wild stuff thrown out and they're on that trajectory and, and Jokic is on that trajectory, which is crazy. So I don't know if I'm going to up the ante or not from there. Please um, up it. <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> I, I'm going to toot my own horn uh, as like the precursor for my first one. I had a tweet before the 2022-23 season where I said Jokic could average a triple-double with a 70 true shooting percentage and have the best record in the league. And the same people who blew a gasket over him winning the MVP will do it again. And uh, I was like so close to that actually happening. Um, (laughs) What did he finish with? 9.8 assists. It was, Um, yeah, he was something like he was 14 assists away from. uh, Yeah. He was that close on that part of it. He actually did check the 70 true shooting percentage box, which is just bonkers to think about. Like, I don't think people realize how crazy that is. And then they had the best record in the West, not the best record in the league, but close enough. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do a little heat check. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to guess Jokic's line. This is my first hot take for 23, 24. Um, I'm going to say 19 points, which might sound kind of weird to go down that far, uh, 11 rebounds and 11 assists. So he's not just going to average a triple double. He's going to do it relatively comfortably. Um, I'm going to stay away from the true shooting percentage this time. Uh, but it's going to have to be very high if he's only averaging 19 points a game. I think he's going to take like 12 or 13 shots a game in the regular yep. season. I think there's going to be more volume for Michael Porter. There might be a little more volume for Jamal Murray. Christian Brown's going to take a few more shots this year. Obviously, they lost um, Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. But I think Jokic is going to be very um, – he's going to be very keyed in about getting everybody else involved. Not that he wasn't last season, but I think he's going to take that up even another notch this regular season. And uh, it might not seem very hot takey because he just about averaged a triple-double in 22-23. But for him to be the third guy ever to do it and the first non-guard would be pretty insane. 
19, 11, and 11. My first reaction to that is the scoring seems low. Too low. But yeah. I'm with you in the sense that he's going to place a priority on getting everybody involved because he did that last year. Like last at the beginning of last season, it was so obvious to me that he went into every game thinking, all right, I got to get Jamal comfortable coming off the ACL. I got to get Michael Porter Jr. up to speed coming off him missing a year. I've got to get, you know, Bruce Brown comfortable. I got to get these new guys, KCP. I got to get everybody locked in and get them up to speed in our system, you know, before just kind of putting my foot to the pedal. And I feel like he did that over the first couple of months. I'm with you. I also expect him to do that, you know, over the first half of next season too. But it's almost like, I feel like 19 is too low because he was doing that last season and still scoring like 24. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like he, he could be in that mode for an entire season and still average in the mid twenties. It's like, he will score 24, 25, 26 points a game on near 70% true shooting, like without even trying to score. So I'm with you. Like, I think his assists will be way up like they were early on last season. His rebounds will be huge. I just feel like he's going to score maybe not as much as last season, but close to it kind of without even trying. Going under 20 uh, was like, I think part of the hot take, but it, it, I mean, it's a pretty big drop off. Um, And if he's under 20, maybe another part of this prediction is Jamal Murray leads the team in scoring. Cause I, I mm-hmm. could very easily see him exceeding 20. I don't think he's ever done that in the regular season. Um, he was right at 20 even this season now that I check it. Um, so maybe he goes up a little bit. Um, there's a lot of guys that can score on this team. Obviously I think Jokic can just kind of like backpedal into 20 points. Yeah, if he wants just to th- throw it in the hoop. Toss yeah, <laughs> yeah. His, his touch is ridiculous. He'll get a bunch of points off offensive rebounds and stuff too. So that's probably the hottest part of the take, which is funny because I'm predicting that a center will average 11 assists a game. All right, I'm going to give my first hot take, and it kind of goes along with that one in terms of Jokic stepping back as a scorer a little bit this season. My hot take is that I think Jamal Murray is going to be in the MVP conversation for parts of next season. <laughs> okay. And I I just think like we're setting up for this to be the year of Jamal Murray in Denver. Um, I, I think we know how Nicole Jokic will approach this season. And I think we know how Jamal Murray will approach it. And I think Jamal is going to be out for blood this regular season. Like I think last year was about him getting his confidence back and he's talked about that. And now he's back in the mode of like, I think I'm one of the best players in the world and I'm going to prove it. Like I've said this on this show. I really wonder if during the regular season, this becomes more of like Jamal Murray's the leader of this team. You know, it's still like Nikola Jokic's team. He's still the hub. He's still the foundation of it, but I wonder if Jamal Murray is leading them in scoring. I wonder if he's dominating the ball in fourth quarters. I wonder if he just becomes like the front man of this team. And the Nuggets are going to be really, really good. They're going to be near the top of the West, probably in contention for the one seed all season. I just think we're going to start to hear him 
obviously an all-star I feel like is a lock, but I feel like people are going to kind of get on the train of, Oh, like is Jamal Murray actually the guy that he was in the playoffs just full time now? Yeah, I, I could see. So you mentioned him potentially being the leader of the team. And I've actually kind of thought for years, obviously there was the injury um, time off where this probably wasn't the case. But right before then, he seemed to be emerging as at least the emotional leader of the team. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Jokic is phenomenal in, in the clutch in fourth quarters. But there's like, um, pardon the expression for your audience that may not love the Lakers, but he kind of has that Mamba mentality. Um, of when, course, when man, we, we've talked line, about it. Mur- Murray mentality. Like, we've we've talked about it for sure. Yeah, like, he he has a hunger for those – um, high leverage, high pressure moments. And I think that's why he's so good in the playoffs because those moments are so much more common. It's like an entire game of that level of intensity and he matches it. Um, so I don't, and I, and I don't know if the regular season provides enough of those moments for him to be like fully playoff Murray for a regular season, but I do think we'll see his best regular season ever. I do think there's a chance he leads the team in scoring. Um, and if he's their leading scorer and he's got a bunch of like dramatic fourth quarter moments and Denver has the best record in the West again, then your prediction, I think has a pretty good shot. I mean, you said he'll at least be in the conversation. Uh, and I don't think that's all that outlandish. Yeah. Not saying he's going to win MVP, just saying he'll be in the conversation. Somebody will mention him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I could see. All right. Let's do a break real quick. Lots of more hot takes to come uh, from me and Andy Bailey right after this. Uh, guys, we were out in uh, Vegas for Summer League last week. Couldn't have done it without our friends at Shady Rays. They hooked us up with sunglasses while we were out there. We needed them. You need them for the summer. Really, no matter where you are, it's hot right now. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays, they've got you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. You can go on to ShadyRays.com, browse their entire selection. They got a style for everybody, just like so many different styles on their website. Uh, Use code DNVR, get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. Again, they got so many different styles. Many very similar to the more expensive brands that you've probably been spending your money on over the years. Uh, you can also shop their entire collection at uh, Park Meadows Mall. They have a brand new location there. It's a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. So um, you can go there. You can go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Also, make sure to check out Bet365. Um, Bet365, now it's our go-to here at DNVR for sports gambling. And I got to say, after downloading the Bet365 app using their interface, I think they've got the best interface in like all of sports gambling apps. Uh, it's super smooth. They have all the games, all the lines, all the features that everybody else has. They also have like, you can follow along your bets i've just tried this on nba but like it shows you where the ball is where it's getting passed to on like an actual court like it's crazy um but if you download bet 365 um right now 
and use code DNVR when you sign up. You're going to get $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. So download the Bet365 app. Use code DNVR365 when you sign up. Bet, uh, deposit $10. Claim your $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. Uh, So super easy. Download the Bet365 app. Use code DNVR365. Deposit $10. You get $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. Must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we're back here. DMVR Nuggets podcast. Got my guy, Andy Bailey from Bleach Report. Give him a follow on Twitter. You probably are already, but if you're not, Andrew D. Bailey on Twitter. Great follow. Um, Andy, give me another one of your hot takes for this Nuggets season. Okay. I'm going to say for the first time in his career, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, breaks the 20-point-per-game barrier, which kind of compounds okay. my first hot take because um, I said Jokic was going to average 19, so now I've got two Nuggets averaging more points than him next season, which might <laughs> be kind of crazy, but that's what we're Nicole, here for. Nikola Jokic as the third-leading <laughs> scorer on yeah. the Nuggets would be wild. <laughs> but he's going to he's gonna be like 8 for 12 from the field every game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um for Porter, he averaged 19 a game uh in 2020-21 and then right. he obviously missed almost all of 21-22 with the back stuff. Bounced back most of the way there this season. I think people are kind of like off the scent with MPJ after the playoffs. Like he was really good in the first 3 rounds, but he didn't score a ton of points. And then in the finals he couldn't hit a jumper to save his life. Um but I think this is like if it has if if we don't think that he's already broken out, I think this is the season of the MPJ breakout. I think he averages like three and a half to four threes a game. So right there, you're talking like eleven or twelve points. Uh, I think he's going to be a little bit more uh, willing and allowed to explore off the dribble stuff. Um, and I, I think he's going to have his best regular season of his career. He's he's a phenomenally talented player who I think has has done a pretty admirable job of accepting a smaller role than he probably thought he'd have in the NBA, um, especially before all the back stuff at Missouri. And I think this is the year we see a little bit more of that. You know, this this guy was the number one high school prospect in the country type of a player. Yeah. I remember every time I go back and just like stumble upon a Michael Porter Jr. highlight from high school when he was that number one prospect. Mm-hmm. My biggest takeaway every single time is he is so much more athletic or he was so much more athletic than, than he is now. Like mm-hmm. this dude was dunking on people like from goddamn near the free throw line. Uh, he was a different level of athlete uh, pre back surgery. And last season, one of the storylines was like, as the year went on and he moved further and further away from that last back surgery, he got more athletic. It seemed like he was trusting his body more. So I I think a path to MPJ leveling up is actually him obviously being healthy, but like gaining some of the athleticism back that he lost with those back surgeries and having a full off season, like just to train and, and work on his body and continue getting that athleticism back. I I don't think it's crazy to say like he's 
in line for his best season of his career. I, I don't think that's crazy at all. Yeah, I, I think it's very much in the cards. I, one of the, um, I don't do a lot of features for Bleacher Report. Most people know that my stuff is like power rankings and lists and stuff like that. It's the stuff that generates clicks. But um, I did have a chance to do a feature on MPJ before last season and talk to his, his dad and his trainer. Um, he's the guy that works a ton uh, on his own on shooting and a bunch of other stuff. And, and like you said, I think him having a full off season to work on his game, to become more comfortable to to continue to um get that athleticism back like you mentioned I, I think we could be in for a big big mpj season yeah i was talking to somebody in the nuggets front office about mpj last year and they said like one of the reasons why they just trust him and they're just confident in him and, and the contract he's playing on and the role he has is because they said michael porter jr has a championship level work ethic like mm. the guy is an absolute pro in terms of work ethic and just commitment and living in the gym. And like, I, I guarantee you right now he's somewhere getting like thousands of jumpers up. That's uh, an okay. Awesome compliment. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Um, okay. Here's another one. One of my hot takes, the nuggets bench will actually be, be better this coming season than it was last season. People are like losing their People are losing their minds over the bench. And look, l- losing Bruce Brown, it's a big loss. Like, no doubt. Br- Bruce Brown was way more than even just the sixth man last year. He was, at times, in their closing lineup. I-, I mean, he was pretty much a sixth starter for them last year. But other than that, I think the Nuggets are actually going to be better in terms of the guys they're bringing off the bench. Um People are panicking, and I think it's kind of crazy. Losing Jeff Green, I think, is going to be addition by subtraction. And look, I totally respect Jeff Green for how he played last year. He was he he was a instrumental piece in the locker room. He was an instrumental leader. He was a great part of the culture. He had some good moments for this team, but. Overall, I'd say he was a negative coming off the bench. Um, I think Christian Brown, people are kind of discounting the amount of improvement, especially offensively, he can make going from year one to year two. Um, Peyton Watson, I feel like, is going to become a guy this year. And like Vlako Chanchar, Zeke Naji, and then the rookies who we've touched on, but we could get into later. I feel like there's a lot of potential contributors there. And the other thing is people are quick to forget that the Nuggets bench was absolute trash last season throughout the entire year up until the playoffs when they shortened the rotation, went to Aaron Gordon, that backup center. The Nuggets bench was awful. So like losing Bruce Brown absolutely hurts. Um, losing Jeff Green, I do not think hurts. The Nuggets wanted him back. They offered him a minimum contract. He got way more than that from Houston, and they were like, go take it, man. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not worth that to us. And I think they were correct with that. Um, So I just think the Nuggets bench is actually going to be fine. And um, a lot of this kind of panic about it will will be forgotten during the season. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, to to on Bruce Brown, 
he's he was a great player, particularly in the playoffs. Um, I think people are underestimating to some degree the impact that playing with Jokic had on him. Um, and he was good for the Nets too. So I'm not saying that he's going to go to Houston and like, or not Houston, Indiana, um, mm-hmm. and fall off a cliff. But everybody looks better when they get to play with Nikola Jokic. So that was part of what made him so good last season. And then to your point on Jeff, Jeff Green, uh, catch-all metrics aren't the the be-all, end-all. I know a lot of people think that that's like the beginning and end of my analysis, but it's not. <laughs> but um, dunks and threes, their, their catch-all, which is one of the ones that's most trusted by NBA front offices, it actually did say that he was worth minus 0.5 estimated wins last season. Um, and there's, there's a lot of value to being like a good locker room guy to being a good leader. Uh, I was, 100%. I was just completely wrong about the Deandre Jordan signing last year. And it was that stuff that made me wrong. Um, so, so from that perspective, he's a loss, but they talent wise and you know, like upside wise, they're absolutely – they have a great chance to get better with Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, the guys we already talked about like uh, Tyson Hunter and Jalen Pickett. Like those mo- those minutes are going to go to guys that have undeniably higher upside than Jeff Green at this point. I mean, he's almost 40 years old, so we're not really breaking news there. Um, I love that take. There's there's really nowhere for the bench to go but up. Like you said, they were, they were really, really bad last season. And I think there's an outside chance that they're – a pretty solid bench this year. Yeah. And to go a little further, I mean, another one of my kind of hot takes is that like Christian Brown is going to really soften the blow of, of Bruce Brown leaving and he's going to make it so the Nuggets don't miss Bruce Brown as much as people think. Um, defensively, I actually think he's a better defender than Bruce Brown. And I think he can yes. like bring that, you know, like maniacal, um, just in your face, intense level of defense that Bruce brought in the playoffs. Can he can definitely bring that? And people actually also forget that like Bruce Brown started off the year great defensively. His defense kind of dipped over the course of the regular season and then he ramped it back up during the playoffs. I actually think Christian Brown can kind of bring that. 10 out of 10 level defense every single night. I just yep. think that's how he's wired. Um, he's younger. Uh, he, he's already talked this summer about like how he's never been more motivated than he is right now, even though he just won a championship. Um, and, and then offensively, they're different players. Uh, Christian doesn't, he's not going to handle the ball as much as Bruce did or does. But I think we're, discounting a little bit how much Christian Brown can improve because I kind of feel like people just talk about Christian Brown offensively. Like he's always going to be the guy he was last year. Um, And I actually think he's an incredible, insane worker. And that's a reason why the Nuggets love him. And he's actually in line to improve more than people think. So um, I'm expecting actually a really big jump from Christian Brown heading into next year. I could see that. Um, I do think he's a better defender than Bruce Brown because I think the maniacal energy that you mentioned, but he's also really big. Um, yeah, he's bigger others, too. Significantly yeah. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of a running joke on your podcast about Adam sizing up 
NBA players and, and maybe it's a tall guy thing. Cause I do the same thing. Um, when I'm at a game or whatever, it's definitely it's all good. I'm kind of like creeping around the sideline. How tall is this guy? Really? Christian Brown is tall. He he's like, he's every bit of six, seven, six, eight. Um, okay. Now, now a, it's confirmed. I'm now it's confirmed yeah. from uh, another tall guy. Christian Brown is a legit six, 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 seven. It wasn't confirmed <laughs> until this moment. Um, yes. but that makes, that makes a huge difference. I, I think the one, differentiating factor that goes in Bruce Brown's favor is versatility, which you kind of mentioned, like he, he could essentially play one, two, or three, um, which is really what made him fascinating in Brooklyn too. And it's going to make him fascinating in, in Indiana. And I don't know if that sort of versatility is in Christian Brown's future, but I also don't necessarily know if Denver needs that. Like if, if he continues to play the defense that he does, he can guard. I, I I would trust him to guard ones, which may be more important than him playing one on offense. Um, and if he can become like a 38, 39% three-point shooter, and he really wasn't that far from it as a rookie, um, he's, he's going to be a really, really important piece for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have another hot take there? Yeah, let's jump back to me. Um one of mine was that Denver's going to be better than they were last year, which kind of piggybacks on what you said, but I think we kind of covered that with yours. Um, I'm going to say Jalen Pickett plays more total minutes than Reggie Jackson this season. And my background on that one, I looked this up right before we started recording. I was just curious. Um, where did it go? Christian Brown played more total minutes than Jeff Green last season which it wasn't a lot more. Uh, but I remember at the beginning of the season thinking like, why aren't they playing this guy more? Like he's clearly an impactful defender. I love the way he cuts. Um, he, he's a smart player. So he'll work with Jokic, but Michael Malone, I think he's one of those older school coaches. It just kind of takes time for him to trust young players. And I think we're going to see a similar dynamic with Pickett and Reggie Jackson this season where uh, I would be stunned if Pickett opened the season as the backup point guard. Um, but I do think he probably overtakes Reggie Jackson for that role at some point in the season. And if there's somebody on the roster who maybe can check that versatility box that Bruce Brown did last year, I think it might be Pickett. Um, he's a similar size to Bruce Brown. I, I don't, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. I think he might be a little thicker than Bruce Brown is. He kind of looks like a linebacker out there to me he he looks um, like a running back he looks like a football player man he's got yeah he is the most hilarious player to watch like i, I he, wasn't all in on adams like jalen pickett love before summer league but watching him for like five minutes i was i was thinking okay i i see it this guy is ridiculous he's a player and it's not like he's big to the point that it's like cumbersome and slows him down he doesn't play fast uh, but he also doesn't look like a guy that's slowed down by his build. He's just a smart, patient player. Um, mm -hmm. I, and I think, you know, within I'd, – I'd say by December, he's more of a rotation player than Reggie Jackson is. You know, on my list of hot takes, I had Jalen Pickett will be playing backup point guard for the Nuggets in the playoffs. But I'm with you. I think it could happen sooner, you know, definitely sooner than that. I think, you know – Maybe it follows a little bit of the Davon Reed, Christian Brown cycle 
where mm. Davon Reed started the season last year. I almost forgot the, he was even on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you probably forgot because now he's out of the league. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, he started the season as the Nuggets backup three. He started the season in the rotation and was in the rotation, I think, for, you know, on a, maybe a month or so. I forgot be- about that. Before it just became very obvious to to everybody if it wasn't already that like Christian Brown needs to be playing. Um, I don't know if it will be that quick with Jalen Pickett, but I definitely feel like by mid season, he's going to be the backup point guard for this team. Um, like I saw it at summer league with him. He was playing like the exact same game that he did in college at summer league against, you know, near NBA quality competition and in my opinion, it was working. And I have a, just a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to play the same way he did in college. And what he did in college is going to translate to the NBA level. Um, I'm a little worried about like his on-ball defense and um, maybe some of his athletic concerns. But coming off the bench, I I just think he's going to be fine and he's going to be able to like make an impact as a rookie. I, I feel like he looks kind of ready. Yeah. That's the key is that he'll be coming off the bench and, and a lot of his um, what, what are likely to be flaws are just going to, they're not going to matter as much in that role. Um, I mean, obviously it's still going to matter to some degree, but if he's only got to play 15 minutes a game, you know, if, and when he takes that role, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, let's hit another break on the other side. I got a couple more hot takes to give you and uh, we will get to those right after this guys, make sure to check out IV nutrition of wash park. You can stop by their wash park location corner, Alameda and downing. Anybody who mentions DNVR when you come in gets 50% off their first IV nutritional drip. Uh, give them a call 720-259-4404 for more information. Um, these guys are awesome at what they do. We've all been in there to get IVs. It's super relaxing. It's great. Like if you've had a long week or long weekend, they're super professional. They take care of you. Uh, you can sit in their zero gravity chairs, massage chairs. It's, it's just a great experience. So stop by their wash park location corner, Alameda and Downing. Anybody who mentions DNVR when you come in gets 50% off their first IV nutritional drip. Give them a call, 720-259-4404. Also check out Illegal Pete's. This episode of the DNVR Nuggets podcast brought to you by Illegal Pete's. It's your go-to spot this summer. You can get at Illegal Pete's an ice-cold margarita or a bucket of high noons, and you can get five high noons for just $22. Just $22, five high dudes, bring some buddies, kick it on their patio. They've got patios at all, 12 Illegal Pete's locations, I believe. Five high noons for just $22. Um, they're also going to be giving out free tickets to concerts and shows this summer. Illegal Pete's, your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Check out all their locations across Denver and Arizona, too. Um, and again, they got a special going on right now. Five high noons for just $22. All right, back here. DNVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind and Andy Bailey. 
Here's another one of my hot takes uh, for this Nuggets team coming into next season. I think, and this kind of goes along with the Jalen Pickett conversation, but I think the Nuggets rookies are going to play a lot more than people expect and a lot more than rookies have traditionally played in the past for the Nuggets. Because I just think this regular season, if you look at the bench, it's a lot less defined heading into this season than it was last year. And I just think there's going to be more night-to-night experimentation from Michael Malone in terms of who he's playing. And I think a reason he's going to experiment more with these three guys is because specifically two of them, Jalen Pickett and Hunter Tyson, are ready. Like they're ready to go. They're ready to play NBA minutes. They can be trusted. And um, I think it speaks to kind of Calvin Boots philosophy in the draft where he might have found a little bit of a market inefficiency in terms of these older guys who are more NBA ready, who, you know, might not have a superstar ceiling, but are just automatically good players. And um, I just feel like, Definitely two out of those three guys are ready to go, but I'm not ruling out Julian Strother playing a little bit this season. But I just think these Nuggets rookies are going to play more than people think, and we're going to be seeing Hunter Tyson during the season. We're going to be seeing Jalen Pickett a lot during the season early on. And um, I think that was kind of cemented at Summer League when both those guys played well, and Hunter Tyson was one of the better players in Vegas. Um, So – I just think Michael Malone's going to do a lot of experimentation this season. And um, I think the roster is kind of set up for him to do that with like Jeff Green no longer being here and stuff like that. Yeah, I could see that. I have I have two quick reactions to that. One is I think this is going to be a league-wide trend for at least the next couple of years because teams are going to need guys to be more NBA ready, especially teams that pick in the second half of the first round or are limited to the second round. Um, Cause the, the CBA, like not all the restrictions are fully in place yet, but it's going to be harder and harder to like feel the super team. Um, yeah. I know Phoenix has kind of thrown caution to the wind on that. It seems like the Clippers might be um, gearing up to do, to do the same thing. Uh, teams are going to have to be, really smart they're gonna have to draft more nba ready guys and take fewer like upside swings than they did in the past and i think that might be like like i i think you're right calvin booth had already kind of discovered that market inefficiency he started doing it before other people i think will um so kudos to him on that but that's that's gonna help the nuggets this year is having guys who i think are more nba ready um you know of course (laughs) They could they look they could look wildly out of place in real NBA games, and I'll think back to this podcast and think oh, I was just wrong. Um, but they do look pretty ready to me. My other reaction, and it's it's actually a question to you. Um, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but Hunter Tyson or Vladko Chanchar. Um, and I know they kind of played like Chanchar is more of a four five to me, and yeah, I think Tyson's a three four, so maybe it's not a great direct comparison, but I think that's a guy he could be competing with for minutes. You know, my first kind of gut reaction would be Vlatko just because, like, 
I'm a Vlatko guy. Um, I, I, he played well last year until he got hurt. He's going to be playing in the World Cup, so I, I think he'll have some good momentum coming into the season. Like, So I, I would definitely say him, um, but I, I would not think like Hunter Tyson is that far behind. Flacco, just, he, he's just a good player, Like, and I think we know that by now. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you were going to go with Tyson. I would go with Vlatko too. Um, and I think, you know, I know I just mentioned that I think he's a 4-5. I would like to see Malone try him at the 5 a little bit more. Like, you don't need mm-hmm. to – you don't need to play him 20 minutes a game there, obviously, because you got the best player in the world at center. Um, and he's not, he's obviously not Nikola Jokic, but I think you can replicate like some of what Denver does with Jokic on the floor a little bit more with Lotko than you can with some of the other guys who are on the mm-hmm. roster. I think he's kind of an underrated playmaker. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens with him this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any hot takes? remaining i got one more um, okay i'm trying to decide if i should like turn up the heat on it right as we're talking um i'm gonna Go say one it. and a half one and a half blocks per game the turned up version would be two blocks per game for peyton watson um i think he's he's the closest thing denver has to a real rim protector on the roster uh i know they just signed i think it was jay huff He's a pretty good mm-hmm. shot blocker to a two-way. Um, but what Peyton Watson did in those limited minutes towards the end of last season was really eye-opening to me. Like I had heard that he had a lot of defensive potential and upside, and obviously he's a, he's a good athlete. He was a great high school prospect. Um, some of those minutes that he played towards the end of the season almost reminded me of Andre Kirilenko, uh, mm-hmm. who's one of my favorite players when I was younger, uh, just a phenomenal weak side shot blocker. Um, and I, you know, obviously Peyton Watson's not going to be like a Rudy Gobert traditional kind of shot blocker, but he can do that Andre Kirilenko type stuff where he surprises people from the weak side. He rotates really quickly from one action to another. Um, he's obviously going to be a really important part of, you know, how, how far Denver can go next season. And I think his shot blocking is going to be huge. Yeah, um, I'm with it, man. Like, I could totally see it just based on Summer League, you saw it too. And um, he's the kind of guy who just, like, he can be a defensive, like, weapon, like a a defensive game changer where he's just – he can come out of nowhere for blocks in a way that nobody – no defender in the Jokic era really has. Like, have they really ever had somebody like Peyton Watson? It, it feels like they haven't. No. So, uh, I'm with it. Um, what What do you think of him at summer league? Like, did did he look ready to you to to play that role? Uh, absolutely. I, I thought he looked really good at summer league. I think that he was doing things there that he's just never going to be called upon to do. Um, mm-hmm during the regular season. And so some of the stuff that might've been, I think maybe a little concerning for some fans, like some of the pop twos and stuff like that, it's just not going to be part of his shot diet in the regular yeah. season. I, I don't believe. Um, I think he's going to score obviously a lot more than he did last year, just based on cutting and hustle plays and stuff like that. Um, if he ever gets to like an average three point 
jumper. I think his upside changes a lot. But the most important for thing for him right now, and the thing that seems uh, like more than NBA ready, is the defense and the weak side shot blocking that we already talked about. Um, and I think, like you said, he can be a game changing defender. Yeah, love it. Uh, got to hit one more break, and then I've got one more take about the Nuggets next season on the other side that get to right after this. Uh, guys, when you get hurt, Backus and Schenker, they are here to help. They've been winning for Colorado families for 25 years, for more than 25 years. And the coolest thing about Backus and Schenker is you don't have to pay them any money until they win your case. No upfront fees. No fees while they work on your case. No fees unless they win your case. And they've won over $1 billion for their clients. They've got neighborhood offices in all parts of Colorado, Denver, Aurora, Englewood, Fort Collins. They've got 30 lawyers, 100 staff members. So give them a call today. Baxton Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Call them, 222 2222. They got the easiest number to remember. Give them a call. Find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. All right. Time for uh, maybe one or two more hot takes. DMVR Nuggets podcast, Harrison Wind and Andy Bailey. Um, my last hot take that I've got has to do with Zeke Naji. And I think Zeke Naji is going to enter the season as the backup center. And I wouldn't be surprised if he is or eventually like becomes one of the guys off the bench that the Nuggets are just playing every single night. Um, there was a workout video that I saw. It was him and Christian Brown shooting threes in Vegas while the whole team was out there. They, they had like a little separate workout with them. And... <laughs> I got to say Zeke shot. It still does not look like hundred percent comfortable. It still does not look it's so like weird. I'm trusting it, but it looked better. It looked better. And so I do wonder with a full summer, if he can get back to being a shooter again, but um, I think just defensively, he's going to be trusted. Um, I think he could play a little bit of the Jeff green role this coming season where he's just kind of the big man off the bench that the nuggets are going to first. And um, it's funny because like Zeke Naji's in a contract year. I, I assume like the nuggets will definitely look to get an extension done with him. If they don't, I got to think they'd look to trade him. Um, but I, I think Zeke has the ability to be like one of the trusted nightly consistent like go-to guys off the bench. And I'm pretty confident in just him, him kind of filling that role. So uh, I'm going to take it back to a question I asked you earlier. It sounds like you'd have Zeke above Vlatko on the pecking order, assuming they're on like the same pecking order. Yeah. I'd probably go Zeke first as, as my um, first option. And then the other question, do you have the inside scoop on – because his shot did change at some point, right? Like, it wasn't always that hitchy. Or am I misremembering that? No, you're not. If you look at him shooting threes from his rookie year, his form is completely different. It's it's a 
100% different night and day form from his rookie year to where it's been the last two seasons. Has there, has there ever been any explanation for that? Or there, there has been, there has been, um, it's been, it's been covered if, if like you're going to Nuggets practice every day, but like maybe the word hasn't gotten out completely, but the, the Nuggets are the ones who had him change his shot. Like they had him rework his jumper. After Didn't he shoot that like 40 percent as a rookie too? He did. He did. But like from what I've been told, he was like not a good shooter in practices. Like, Interesting. There was there was just a lot of um he just did not have a rep, even though he did shoot 40%. He did not have a rep as like a knockdown dead eye shooter wow. that was gonna be consistent going forward in his career. So I think they wanted him to like and coached him into a shot that they think will be that in due time, but it obviously hasn't happened. Yeah. Well, I just I just double checked, um, and he only took fifty nine threes as a rookie. So I probably should put a ton of stock into the percentage that he had that season. Yeah, that was but another I do remember. Thing. Yeah, it was it was low volume. Like it, it wasn't yeah. a ton of threes. Yeah, I do remember like that first season thinking, man, this guy can shoot. Um, and then the, the percentage is good in the second year, but I don't, I don't remember exactly which season it switched, but there was like an obvious physical change to his shot. What I love about Zeke Naji when I watch him play, um, he, he works really, really hard out there. And mm-hmm. he, at least this past season, like really went after it on the offensive glass, which was interesting to me. I, I think he could be a solid, um, backup five for them as well. And if that, if that position is like less in limbo as it was last season, because obviously they had DeAndre Jordan playing some of those minutes. Um, like let's say Zeke just gets the int- inside track on backup five from the start of the season. That's that's something that could really support your earlier hot take that the bench is better um, this season. Obviously, the the big drop off for Denver for years, basically Jokic's entire career is. When Jokic is off the floor, things fall right. apart. Um, <laughs> if they could, if they could find a backup five who could just hold things steady, or just like lose those minutes by two points per hundred possessions instead of twelve or whatever it is, um, that's like that's a sixty-win team probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can chalk up like five or ten losses during the regular season last year to just the bench being yep. disgusting. So. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Andy, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, you got anything to promote on here? Anything to uh, leave us with today before we head out? No, not really. Um, did our last power rankings of the offseason like last week. Um, people who followed me for a while may remember when I did the top 50 all time in 2019. We may be getting uh, a refresher on that this summer nice. and Jokic Jokic may be making an appearance as with something might shock you shock you um so yeah it's we're we're entering the quiet part of the NBA offseason so I may be a little more quiet too sounds good man thanks for joining us we'll be back with another episode tomorrow talk to you guys then